Okay, I'm calling heads to receive. And today we are continuing our really super fun Super Bowl commercial rundown. Uh, this is the CXM Experience. I'm Gradcon, CXO at Sprinkler, and we're talking Super Bowl ads. You know, one thing I'll just sort of uh, extemporize on for a moment here is that it is a little bit disappointing slash surprising to me at how little like online engagement was uh, overtly driven by the ads. Did you notice that? Like there at one time, like people would have like, shaz- you could Shazam the ad that's kind of gone now, but that was like a thing for a while. Uh, or they used to, they, you know, they got URLs in there, I guess, but that seems really super old fashioned, like super nineties. But when they started having URLs in the nineties, that was really interesting. And there was a, a tie-in, but most of these commercials were standalone. They rely on the earned media around the commercial moment itself and didn't really create kind of a coincident online experience. There have been examples in the past where, you know, your second screen that you're typically have in front of you while you're watching TV is participating in the ad while you're watching the first screen, which is a TV or depending on your perspective, potentially your first screen is your laptop or your iPad and your second screen is a TV, but nonetheless, um, there was a two screen experience and I didn't see a lot of two screen experiences. I saw a lot of very broadcast oriented, non-conversational advertising in the Super Bowl ads, which I thought was interesting and a little surprising, but you know, still some very enjoyable stuff. So let's talk about some stuff I liked today because I kind of was trashing mostly uh, the ads yesterday. And I want to go to one that I don't know why, I just loved it. And it is a strong possibility, just to be clear, and this is like full transparency here. You know, I lived in Seattle for a dozen years. You know, I'm obviously, well, yeah, maybe not obviously, but I am a dyed-in-the-wool, uh, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And now that I finally live in Florida, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can finally sort of root for the home team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know, are actually probably close to I don't know. I'm probably equidistant from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins, which is actually very convenient. I can decide to support whomever I want. Um, But it's pretty nice to be in the place where the team you actually like is playing. Um, But I became a Miami Dolphins fan because I learned about football at sort of a very young age at my dad's feet, uh, watching the Miami Dolphins, Larry Zonka and et al, putting in the perfect season. And I thought, wow, that's an amazing team. They never lose a game. I'm going to be a Miami Dolphins fan. And what has followed has been decades of absolute heartbreak. Uh, It's a terrible, lonely task being a Miami Dolphins fan. Um, Nonetheless, I did spend a dozen years in Seattle and I was able to suppress my Miami Dolphin fandom, just kind of kept it below, and pretended to be a Seattle Seahawks fan because, you know, you're surrounded by it. And every Friday before a game is Seahawks Day and everyone's wearing, you know, number 12 because it's a 12th player and everyone's wearing all their Seahawks gear. Like we'd have our staff meetings typically on Fridays and, Everybody was wearing Seahawks colors, except you know, for me, I'd be usually all in black. Um, but it was it was it was pretty fun, and I did get some fondness for some of the players, particularly Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch had just such amazing rebel attitude. I just loved it. I mean, he would go to he would go to a press conference, sit in front of a microphone, have the cameras trained on him, and get asked questions, and he would not respond to any of them. It was just 
he was just so badass and just, you know, I, I knew what he was doing, which is creating a persona for himself. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought he did a wonderful job of marketing himself and creating a really interesting persona and really standing out. Uh, and of course his performance on the field supported that. Anyway, Marshawn Lynch is back. Uh, and he did an ad for Frito-Lay called Twas the Night Before Super Bowl. Twas the night before, hold up. Let's take this up a notch. Twas the night before Super Bowl, and all through Tampa Bay, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers were ready to play. When what to my wonder and I should appear, but the Super Bowl legends of yesteryear. You still warming up? Eli and Peyton, they're up throwing footballs, snacking on legs and destroying them walls. What are you doing? His idea, Dad. He he hey, 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 I don't care. Beast up on them boys, Archie. Go to bed. Thanks a lot. Catch the ball. Don't be scared of the ball. I was not scared of the ball. And so this is an all-star NFL cast uh, narrated by Marshawn, and it tells the story of the night before Super Bowl. And it's got a uh, recreation of the Immaculate Reception with Terry Bradshaw, uh, the Manning brothers who have matching sleepwear. Um, Eli uh, told Pe- People Magazine that they didn't even need a wardrobe. Um, and they just brought their own pajamas. And he said it was kind of embarrassing that Peyton and I had matching pajamas, coincidentally. Uh, it was just a really charming, really football-oriented ad. Uh, people are playing with Doritos and shooting them through goal, goal posts. Uh, you have all these different NFL greats. There's a nice um, engagement because they're not they don't, you know, they don't have supers for their names. So you're like, who is that? Oh, yeah, right. And you're remembering who they are. So the ad's got a very kind of almost uh, stimulus response kind of quality to it and obviously very related to the game as well. So very engaging, very interesting. Probably could have done so much more with the second screen. I could have had so much more fun with it, but did a great job. And it was nice to hear Marshawn actually talk. Uh, He did a nice job. Another ad I thought was quite very different, um, sort of a similar category. We're going to stay sort of in the Mexican food category for a second. But I thought another ad that did a really nice job and uh, I thought was quite compelling and was also very much on strategy with where they've been for a few years was the Chipotle ad for Can a Burrito Change the World? And so in this ad, Chipotle goes for uh, sort of messaging. There's no celebrity in it. Uh, and it's got a sort of all sorts of sh- shots of like, you know, cows and farmers and seeds and sustainability. And it just did a nice job, I thought, of saying, hey, you know, when you go to Chipotle, you're, you're actually not harming the planet. And we're, we take the sustainability very seriously. What if this could change the world? A burrito. Yeah. It can't. It could. You are so weird. It could. It could change how we plant things and grow things. And improve the dirt where we grow those things. It could save water by changing how we use it. It could make us more responsible and sustainable. It could change how we pick things, move things, and transportation things. What? That's not a thing. Whatever. They've been running this theme for many, many years. This is not the first time they've talked about it, but I thought they did a nice job of doing it in the Super Bowl. Timing felt right, felt very appropriate. And uh, it did, at the moment that they played that ad and the moment that I was in when the ad came on, it just landed perfectly and I, I loved it. Um, a third one that I'll, I'll sort of hold out is just, I don't know, I've actually seen it a few times now online because I loved it so much. There's a, a great M&M's commercial, uh, and it features uh, Dan Levy, um, who's um, Eugene Levy's son and f- sort of famous Schitt's Creek star now. 
and it's a it's a whole story about people saying saying sorry to each other and offering M and M. So it begins with someone um, somewhat deliberately smashing the back of someone's seat on an airplane. And he says, you know, sorry, I deliberately smashed your seat and gives him an M&M to say sorry. Uh, and there's a number of scenarios. Uh, this is my maybe two favorite ones is the uh, uh, someone <laughs> gets up from the confessional and then hands the priest a package of M&Ms and says, you know, sorry, you had to hear that. I don't want to know. And then uh, there's one with a Karen where she says, you know, sorry, they called you Karen. And then the character says, well, my name is Karen. And then she hands her another bag and says, sorry, your name is Karen. And that was very woke and very sort of, of the moment. Um, but what's kind of neat about the ad is it's non-celebrity in the beginning of it. And then, you know, Dan Levy comes on and he's like, ah, sorry, I, and he's actually talking to two M&Ms and he says, you know, sorry, I, I've been eating, you know, your kind and uh, I won't do it anymore. And then you see a captured Eminem in his car screaming and pounding on the windows trying to get out. And Dan's like, well, maybe just one more. So um, I love the the darkness of that. It's quite funny. And the ad is is very charming. And Eminem always does a nice a nice job of bringing it, um, bringing it to something that's amusing that you want to sort of watch again and again. Sorry I called you Karen. That's my name. Sorry your name is Karen. I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? It might happen one more time. Uh, so those were sort of three that I'll sort of sort of highlight as being sort of great ads. In all three, I really feel like they could have just done more, uh, done more to get me engaged, done more to like maybe not just watch it, uh, done more to sort of pull the audience in, uh, done more to have more fun with it, and certainly done more online. One last thing I'll sort of mention before I, I kind of come back on this tomorrow. And I do want to talk about the Disney Plus and Paramount Plus uh, campaigns, which were both great. But I want to sort of just touch on WeatherTech for a second. Um, and they did, they had a couple of ads during the big game. And they're basically pro-America commercials. WeatherTech, of course, being the company that makes the mats that go in your car. And they're specially measured to fit in all the different car types that are out there. They've got an amazing selection. And they're all laser cut to be super duper accurate. And they just, the message was quite simple, which was, it was, it was surprising in a way because uh, I'll be curious to see how this sells, but instead of selling the product and the, the product benefits of WeatherTech are actually pretty demonstrable and pretty interesting and pretty well understood. Uh, what they did is they just said, made in America, always made in America. We don't have to bring jobs back. We've always been here. At WeatherTech, we don't need to bring jobs back to America. Stop overseas production. Or return our engineering and design back to the States. <laughs> no way. No way. To us, coming back doesn't make any sense. You want to know why? Because we never left. We never left. At WeatherTech, we're not bringing manufacturing back to the USA. Because the truth is, we never left. WeatherTech, made in America for decades. And so this very strong pro-America stance without becoming jingoistic and without becoming politically fractured, I thought was very interesting. So good on you, WeatherTech. Nice job and enjoyed the ads. And it was nice to see the Americana during the most American of all festivities, which is the Super Bowl. So that is it for today. We'll kind of come back with a few more tomorrow. I uh, particularly want to touch on the multi-part Paramount Plus campaign which i loved but I'll, I'll talk about what sort of what they did there i thought it was pretty interesting and um then we will spend a bit of time talking about halftime shows 
And for today, that is it for the CXM experience. I'm Grad Khan, and I'll see you next time.